Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. So I've always loved these episodes when I get an opportunity to interview another growth strategist. So in this episode, I'm going to deem her the growth boss for obvious reasons. So Vanessa, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and what do you really specialize in in growth strategies? I love that. Thank you. Excited for the conversation. So yeah, I just love everything about growth, right? And obviously we're talking about businesses here. Um, I believe if businesses aren't growing, they are dying. But I also believe that, you know, in order for a business to grow, the business owner, the leader must be willing to grow themselves. So we have a real philosophy in the Business Growth Academy that your business will only grow by the amount you are willing to grow yourself as the leader. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with that, it kind of dedicates you to being a growth strategist. So let's just talk about like your journey a little bit. Right. So first and foremost, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be? Gosh, you know, it's such a great question. I, I love that. I, and I think, in all honesty, I, it changes, right, depending on the day and the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think where I would really put myself today is I'm ambitious. I am an ambitious woman. I want more, more for myself, more for my family, more for the people that I serve. And I'm no longer going to apologize for that. And I'm very compassionate as well. I think there's sometimes a lot of uh, bad slack around, you know, ambitious women are going to be cold hearted to get ahead. We don't always get, you know, the best names, but I'm a highly compassionate person. I would describe myself as highly relational as well. Relationships and harmony in relationships, whether that's close relationships, family, clients and friends is really important to me. Um, I used to say, this is an interesting one, right? I used to say I would like buckets of common sense. And I still think that is true, right? Um, I've got a lot of common sense that I'm seeing more and more, or let me say I'm owning it more and more, that I think a lot of what I'm teaching to people is actually quite unconventional wisdom um, that's built up over the years. So, um, and then the last thing you said, five, kind of how I package that all up is in practical application. Because I also believe everything's about how it's practical, how we can translate into action. Otherwise, it's just theory. So for me, it's always about, yeah, how are we taking what we're learning, unconventional wisdom, and then applying it to a business. Nice, nice. So you're talking about wisdom. So if we had to put it on a, on a spectrum, right? So we have kind of like studious, you know, bookworm on one side. We have devil that wears Prada on the other side. You're saying you're somewhere in the middle. Is that a correct statement? I think that that would be a fairly correct statement. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love books and I love learning and development. You know, I love all of that. However, like books, that's head knowledge, right? We've got to get it into a place of application and really then learn from what we're applying. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, let's just talk about like, how did you, you know, obviously anyone that becomes a growth strategist, you have to have a level of experience and dibble and dabble in multiple different things to kind of become that. So let's talk about like your journey. Like, like how did you even get into this space? Yeah. And it's actually a great, it's a great story because it's a very unconventional journey. 
Um, I didn't come into this, which might be good news for the listeners. I didn't come into this with like some massive career before me, big corporate career, MBA qualifications, any of that. I had none of that. I was actually a stay at home mom. Um, helping my husband, supporting my husband in a global career. He was, uh, you know, worked for the UN for 30 years, latterly at diplomatic level. So he would travel globally. And I was a stay at home mom, keeping it all together with the kids and home life. I always knew that I wanted to go out and do something. So I'd, I'd had a, you know, prior to getting married, I actually had worked at the United Nations for about seven years myself in different roles. And I knew that I didn't want to return there. Like big bureaucracy is absolutely not my thing. However, kind of glamorous that may sound on the outside, I knew it wasn't for me. And I had this dream of starting up my own business. And it was with me from when, you know, like probably about the age of nine, I, I had this dream. I have no idea really where it came from because I don't come from entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial stock. And so for me, it was a case of I'd been at home for nine years. I was unemployable. Um, way too independent, uh, didn't want to be put in a box. So it was like, well, if I'm going to do something, now is the time and it's time to start up my own business. So back then, which is about 17 years ago now, I trained as a life coach in Switzerland. For you guys in the States, you were already about 10 years ahead of us in you know Europe and particularly Switzerland. That was It was a still a very new thing. Um, trained as a life coach, was involved in health coaching, immediately got clients, started to work with women actually for weight loss and kind of self-esteem issues and actually landed um, a client that brought me into their organization. So all of a sudden I found myself catapulted from this stay at home mom. I've started up my life coaching weight loss kind of practice And probably within about six, eight months of that launching, an opportunity presented itself whereby a client I was working with said, hey, I love what you're up to, love what you stand for, love your passion around this. And I think my partners really need your help. And this was actually turned out to be Europe's largest law firm that I was brought into. Nice, nice. So, I mean, w- with that, I mean, obviously, that's a hell of a journey, hell of a story. And I think you alluded to you not growing up in an entrepreneurial household. So, I mean, this is time travel back. I mean, I'm really intrigued to see, like, what kind of kid were you? Were you more of the bookworm side? Or were you more the devil of pride or kid walking around delegating what how it should be since the elementary school? Right. I know. So I actually don't like the devil wears Prada because I think it's, it's actually it's actually a metaphor I use for myself is I think as women, we often think that we have to be like that. Now, that being said, the truth is growing up, I was told that I was bossy. Mm. I was told that I was a little too much at times, a little too excitable. Right. Um, I'm quite a few years on now. These are traits that, by you know, Guys often don't have thrown at them. I mean, no guy gets called bossy or very rarely, very rarely. But that was something that I grew up with. And I think I could just see things differently. I had a clear, you know, clear opinions on things. Um, I knew growing up, I knew that I was different to a lot of people around me. And what I mean by that is I was aspiring for more. And I could see that around me, 
people were accepting the status quo. This was the way it was. You know, they weren't doing certain things that I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to travel. I wanted to experience the world. I wanted to live in a nice home, even though that's not what I, you know, way back then was not what I grew up in. So there was something around my current circumstances that I was constantly looking at and thinking there's something on the other side of that. So I think that that's what caused people to, you know, at some level think, you know, you're being bossy or you're doing this or you know kind of who do you think you are right you know cut your you know need to you know work adapt you know adapt according to your circumstances so that was way back then and I actually did have one influence in my life and I've actually talked about on my own podcast and this is an uncle a beloved uncle of mine I'm incredibly close to him to this day And he was the closest to, back then, an entrepreneur that I knew. He was actually worked for 3M, had a big career, sales career back in the day. And then he later was, became a big entrepreneur and kind of like a bit of a tech and dynamic space. But I was watching him as his niece. I was watching that he was doing things differently. They had a different lifestyle. And so whilst you know they weren't direct family members it was giving me this you know lens to look through that actually there are there are other possibilities and perhaps that could be for me very nice so i mean with that i mean obviously we're painting the picture of of like you know how did you become who you are and you know the perception of overnight success is a a really big reality for entrepreneurs in in today's world so in in all reality how long has it taken you to get to where you are currently Yes, <laughs> I think it's always like, you know, it, it, it's a great question. It's like, I know that for other people on the outside, they could go, God, you've got it made, right? You've moved to the States, you've set up this business, you, you've got all those things. The truth is I've got pretty much everything that I wanted way back then. And it's always evolving. For me, growth, and this comes back to what we we're talking about in the beginning, growth is never ending, right? It's always deepening. There's always, there's always more. And I'm not talking about more material things. I'm talking about it could be spiritual growth, uh, more contribution, more impact. So as we achieve certain milestones, for me, that opens up the, the next possibility. That being said, and to come back to your question, I was kind of a back to front entrepreneur. So I actually hit a high level of success very rapidly on. Um, And certainly in terms of, you know, the small business world, there's a lot of talk over here about hitting that six figure, the mean like the six figure entrepreneur. And that's like a massive milestone. I didn't even realize that was a thing. And I hit it rapidly within a, I know, within the first year of being in business or very soon thereafter. What though ended up happening is I had some setbacks then in probably about four years later that really caused me to question a lot of what I was doing, reevaluate. I actually ended up losing this major client that I had, which meant I lost, you know, close to probably 85% or more of my revenue. And at one point I was actually looking at going out of business, right? So we talk about those early successes. I mean, in me, it was almost like, oh my gosh, I've taken the eye off my my eye off certain balls. And it was my accountant that actually told me that if I wasn't careful, I was actually going to have to file for bankruptcy. Wow. So that being, you know, so I kind of had this early success that so many people aspire to and they're dedicating years to get there. That was my early learning, and it meant that I had to really dig deep, understand a lot more about my own mindset, take full responsibility for 
I had created that situation and needing to dig deep into how had I created that situation and how was I then going to turn around? So after that particular episode, I mean, I rapidly did turn around my business. I worked out, you know, quickly systems for marketing and sales and getting clients and actually keeping my eye on the financial side, turned around that business and kind of repeated it all again within the same year that I was going bankrupt, I replaced that income. And it was fairly soon after that, that I then went, you know what, this still isn't it. I've got this dream inside that I've been, you know, hiding is I actually want to go to the States. I, I realized that I was done in Switzerland. So soon after that, you know, I ended up closing everything down in Switzerland and making this bold move to the States. So in my case, I feel like I've had almost like three separate, you know, kind of successes, breakdowns, getting it up again, closing it down, moving to the States. And then now in the States, this is a business that's nine years in the making. So if we want to go to the real years that I've been in business, I'm coming up for about 17 years in total and different iterations of that, right? Some big setbacks, some nearly going bankrupt, some getting it up again and then going, no, this isn't, you know, I've got this bigger dream that I'm going to chase. And now I honestly feel like I'm totally on the track and in the place that I want to be. So I really don't see these massive changes in terms of the audience that I serve, the mission that we're up to. Now it really is about digging in, growing it, having more reach, right? And again, constantly taking our business to the next level, but a lot of it is about what we're doing with the clients. So, I mean, with all of that, I mean, obviously, you know, I think you're talking about the wave, right? You had ups, you had downs. And if any point in time in this, his, in this history of your business, if you can go back and whisper something in your ear, just say you just had a couple seconds to say one thing to change the outcome, to make the outcome happen a lot faster. How far back would you go and what would you say to yourself? Oh, such a good question. Because I can think of multiple times. Oh, um, it really is a great question. You know, what's really coming up for me is it's trust and listen, trust and listen. And those two together, trust myself, like the deeper voice of you've got some good intuition. You like the common sense that I come back to, right? And perhaps that unconventional wisdom at times. It's like, I've always had that. That's one of my gifts that I bring to the table. Everybody's got their own gifts. And I think at times I wasn't trusting that enough. In fact, I know back then when I nearly went out of business, I was really undervaluing that strength of mine. And yet it's what all of my clients come to me for, right? It's like now I've built the whole business. They're like, hey, give us the game plan. You can see it so clearly. It's very practical, right? That's what they love. Back then I was undervaluing it. I wasn't trusting it. The other part I think that comes with that is the listening, right? We all have that inner voice and it's the inner voice of either like listen to that inner voice of those desires that are wanting to take us in a certain direction. Or it's also sometimes the flip side of that is the inner voice of the little warning bell that we choose not to listen to for whatever reason. And I tend to listen to that. You know, it's not perfect. I'm a human being. I tend to listen to that a lot more these days than I did back then. 
and just be still right and tune in so oftentimes I you know I feel like by listening to that I really am getting myself a good grounded practical game plan of what's going to happen and now preparing for setbacks you know that it feels like there aren't as many surprises nowadays as there were back then Nice, nice. So you're talking about like practical setbacks and obviously anyone that that's married to an entrepreneur or there's two entrepreneurs in the household is kind of like there could be craziness and turmoil at any given time, right? So currently, how do you manage and juggle like your work life with your family life? Yeah, uh, so many people ask me that. And it's actually something I'm massively proud of, massively proud of. I have been married this year, 26 years. My husband and I actually met nearly 30 years ago, just over 30 years ago for the first time in Switzerland. And um, he works for me. So I only want to say that directly. He is not an entrepreneur, uh, not an entrepreneur by any stretch of the imagination, I mean, nor would he want to be. However, he loves being around the entrepreneurial energy and everything that we're doing, right? Big distinction. And so there was a time when it was a little awkward. <laughs> I want to keep it really real, right? Working with your husband. And by the way, if you go back, you know, think about the story I shared earlier where I was really supporting him in his global career, we've completely done a role reversal, right? So where I was the wife doing so many of those things and supporting him, now, you know, there's, he has such a bigger support role for me because I'm leading the business. That takes a lot to navigate. Um, and it takes, it really does. And I, again, I'm saying this publicly as a massive testimony to my husband. He is an incredible man because he's not coming at this with ego. He's really coming at it from a, a place of true love for me as his wife, really seeing my capabilities. He was my biggest cheerleader. In my times when I've cried, had my breakdowns, had my doubts, he's always been the one to say, no, you know, hey, cry, have a hug. Let's talk it through. You've got this. Let's, you know, let's talk about practical things. So he's always been there. And it does, it takes a very, um, very strong man, low ego to be like in that space with a strong ambitious woman so again there were definitely in the earlier days of us navigating those changes where you know i became the boss and we've we've done a role reversal and there were probably times when he really didn't appreciate that and there were times when perhaps i wasn't appreciating how he was showing up to things and you know, he's speaking to me like his wife at times and not the CEO. And I'm sure I have spoken to him as an employee and a team member and not a husband at other times, right? We've, you know, take responsibility for that. What's been great though, and this is what I'd say to anybody that's in business with, you know, family members and particularly a partner and spouse, is we have a shared vision of where we're headed. So that's, you know, we absolutely agree on why we exist and this he knows you know the mission of me supporting women predominantly to create financial security through their businesses and the vision of what we want the business to give us as a family and as a couple which I think is a conversation not many couples have like get into the weeds right and it's the day-to-day -day grind but they haven't got those goals and milestones and so that for us has been the you know, kept us going, right? And we've always got those projects on the horizon. As far as kids are concerned, because that's another question that I get, mm -hmm. um, 
my children, my youngest was about, was about three, but I, yeah, she's 20. She'll turn 21 in April. So I think I said 17 years I've been in business. So she was about three when I got started. She can't remember me ever doing anything different. And with the kids, we've, I have what I call an integrated lifestyle, um, which means, you know, it all flows together. My daughter, my youngest, you know, she would be at events. She was involved in the business from a young age. So she kind of knew what I was, you know, what I was up to. My eldest, not so, more behind the scenes. Um, but we keep it, you know, all kind of flowing together and making sure that the priorities are remembering why we're in this business and who we want to serve. And that, you know, ultimately it's loved ones and family first and making sure that they stay a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you made a very clear depiction of, of what that looks like. So like that leads me into like my next question. I think you kind of like open up Pandora's box a little bit. So with all these different things, I mean, obviously you're you're illustrating multiple different moving parts, multiple different components, whether it's family, whether it's business strategies, systems. My question is, is like, what does your morning routine, your morning habits look like to be able to support this throughout your day? Mm. So again, I want to be really honest and transparent. I am not somebody right now that has a very strict morning routine in terms of a power hour. Um, I have actually found, because I know there's going to be a lot of people that listen and they hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do that. Yeah. For me, it doesn't work. Um, it, it makes me feel too constrained. You know, I'm more creative and I need a little bit more free flowing and spontaneity. That being said, though, there's a lot of traits in there that are still happening. So I get up early. Um, that for me is I'm a real early starter. We live in Arizona. You know, I'm awake by five, you know, by 5.30 typically at the latest. I mean, I just wake up. I want to get ready. I want to enjoy the day. Um, right now at this time of year, you know, we have my husband and I actually have little things that we like to do together in the morning. And so because, you know, it's not hot anymore, we're actually having our morning coffee or tea out by the fire pit with our dogs. It's nice. right. It's a little routine. It's a connection time. We love seeing, you know, the light coming up. It's just relaxing, hanging out with the dogs. So that's kind of, you know, right now how we start that changes throughout the year and that suits me because then it gives me like different routines for me personally um getting physical activity in really early in the morning is my go-to so whether that is going to be a power walk with the dogs and my husband and i would do that together but we'll do a good hour and it's got a good pace my other favorite thing to do is i'm on the tennis court so i'll have like yesterday morning i was on the tennis court at 6 30 in the morning with my one of my pros, I'll do a private lesson, I'll do drills. I mean, I'm typically on the tennis court five to six times a week. It's a fairly new hobby for me and I'm passionate about it and I want to learn. So getting that physical activity in really, really works. And then I would say my last thing, which again, not perfect, any time that I can just quickly map out the day and what those priorities are for the day, like, what are the three most important things that really must happen today to move the needle? If I've covered those, the day's going to be pretty good. Nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, kind of going back to the earlier in, in this particular interview, we had talked about like being a bookworm. So this next question is a three-part question. 
right? The first part is like, I want to know like what books helped you on your journey to get you to where you are. Second part to this question is like, what books or audiobooks are you actively listening to or reading currently right now? And the third part to this question is, have you had an opportunity to author any books as of yet? Gosh, you, you're really getting me working and thinking about this thing. Because again, bookworm, I have, you can see a cupboard behind me there, a closet. It is, if I open it up, it's full, absolutely full. It's like my library, like my success library. Uh, in my master bedroom, I've also got shelves of like favorite. I've got probably three or four places around the house that have got books and a Kindle that is full of them. Um, let's think about, gosh, because there have been so many books. One book that I really love, um, and it's actually a book that I recommend to uh, all of our clients in the Business Growth Academy, is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That is something that we offer clients, you know, as a gift. Uh, if, you know, if you're familiar with it, but, you know, Gay Hendricks talks about upper limit problems and how, which I really think is a much better way of looking at self-sabotage, you know, is that we reach a place where, we're uncomfortable receiving at higher levels and whether that's joy, money, love, pleasure, whatever those things could be that we can so unconsciously, you know, bring ourselves back down again. And I realized when I, you know, I said, you know, what did I do to create that situation where I nearly went bankrupt? Honestly, that was an upper limit problem. It was, I was, you know, re receiving a lot of money. I was uncomfortable with that new level of wealth. I didn't realize it at the time. And so, yeah, I was unconsciously, you know, sabotaging it and kind of created a, you know, a, a contract ending. So that's one of the books I really love. Um, you, the next question you said is, what am I actively reading now? Um, conscious, it's a book on conscious leadership. Um, the exact title is something like the 15 commitments or, you know, conscious leadership, the 15 commitments. And I cannot remember the author. I'm really bad at remembering authors and titles. I get what titles typically, but not always the author that goes with it. And again, for me, that's about, I love books that are developing me, my character, like consciously creating who do I want to be at the next stage. And so again, there, I'm actually reading that book every single day. I'm re reading a chapter, but there's concepts around things like radical responsibility and curiosity and really understanding, you know, our feelings and emotions. I had a big background in emotional intelligence. So, you know, in the leadership domain, those types of things are always going to grab my attention. And then the third part of that question, now I'm forgetting, was... Have you had an opportunity to author any books as of yet? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I have uh, my own book. It's a short book because, frankly, I don't have an attention span for writing long books or reading long books. And I actually have it on my website uh, at the Business Growth Academy. So business, business Growth Academy is actually .com is the URL, just in case people are uh, wanting to find that. And it's called The Million Dollar Question. Uh, in fact, it even has its own website, themilliondollarquestion.com. And that is a book that I authored probably about two years ago now, 18 months ago, two years ago. Uh, it's a question that we ask, we run all of our clients through. And the reason it is called the million dollar question, because everybody says like, what's the million dollar question? Is I was at a live event and taking people through that process and a doctor in the room came up to me and said, hey, I've just like 
worked through this process that you're teaching us. And I have realized that there's a million dollars in my medical practice that is an opportunity for, or should be frankly in my medical practice as an opportunity. And I am resisting making a key decision and a key change and therefore kind of getting blocking this. And she then hired me to work with her and her team to actually get that million dollars into her practice. So that's why it's called the million dollar, million dollar question. But again, to give some people some insights into that million dollar question, it's a lot around, you know, what are we putting up with really and truly, right? Where have we got things that are just so draining us that as entrepreneurs, and, and frankly, any walk of life, this would be relevant, but they're draining our energy. We've been putting up with them for too long. We either need to dump them, delegate them, or get a significant breakthrough around them. And in that book, I talk about, you know, again, a whole process for that. And it's very energizing. You know, it's like once we people start to get beyond those things, again, this is where they see, oh my gosh, I've got so much of this happening in my life. But it, they start to eliminate them. And now all of a sudden, they've got extra energy, extra creativity, like resourcefulness that's coming through. So whilst it's a short book, it's a short book that packs a heavy punch. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, with, with that, right, I mean, obviously you're talking about your story, you're talking about the ups and downs you've had, you're talking about the successes that you've had, talking about the book you created. All these things are like past and present. So my next question is like, where do you see yourself 20 years from right now? Gosh, you're, you're so good at asking the tough questions, right? Like 20 years from now. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking out 10. <laughs> um so we've actually got, uh, we, you know, really me, because it's a, it's a new brand. Um, I'm in the process of developing a new brand for women um, and around money and, and creating more wealth for themselves through the business. And so that is a, a new, new direction. It's a complement, honestly, to what we're already doing. So I have my own podcast. It's called Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. Um, you didn't ask about and I see the, the smile on your face. It tends to have that. It tends to have that effect on guys and women whenever I share the title. Um, that will be a book as well. So you didn't ask about a future book, but that will be a book that will be worked on next year. And then, you know, kind of whole brand around that and curriculum to help women get ahead financially, be ambitious and really get beyond the stereotypes that in order for us to get ahead, Frankly, most people think we do have to become like, right, the devil wears Prada. And yeah. most women, if we ask them who they want to be, they don't want to be, right? They want to be philanthropic or compassionate or whatever, right? So that's, um, that is in the, the works. That's going to be, you know, I think that's going to open up a lot of new doors for us and opportunities. And then really when I look at 20 years from now, I don't see myself stopping what we're doing. So I don't believe in retirement per se. Um, I don't believe in like one day I'm getting, you know, getting ahead and this is all stopping. For me, growth is such a huge part of me as a human being, like Vanessa Shaw. I, the idea of stopping at some point just seems absolutely ridiculous. And I feel like that, that would be the way to like, you know, absolutely contract back and become a smaller version of myself. So what does the business look like? You know, 10 years from now, we'll have a lot more people working. We're already at a business with a, you know, seven people now on the team. I see that we will be expanding 
our team because we're going to be expanding our reach. I moved to the States. I really want to be getting, you know, attracting clients now from Europe, kind of getting, you know, all these great stuff and juicy stuff that we're building. I want to get that back into Europe, which is where I came from. And that's happening now. So we're going to need a bigger team to support that growth. Um, and I love, I love putting together a team, love thinking about who are the great people that are going to support our clients in their journey and leading that. So it's kind of the direction we're headed. Nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, obviously, let's, let's talk about like your tools and like, you know, every, every marketer or every growth strategist, we have like a toolkit of things that we use on a day-to-day -day basis that we would not be able to do what we're doing without. So what tools or software particularly are you using that you would not see your business running without having access to? Gosh, so many. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just recently actually did like an audit, which I think is a really good thing for people to do, like an audit of all of those things, just to make sure like, do we need everything that we've got? Have we got excess? And actually, you know, can we streamline some things? So one thing that we did recently um, that we weren't doing previously, which has been a game changer, again, work in progress, and we've definitely got to develop it further, is we finally put a project management system in place. So we're using monday.com and I know a lot of small businesses uh, are using that and I love the visuals. It's easy to use. So that is a new thing that we've put in place. Um, I love Slack. We use Slack as a communication channel, a community, sorry, platform, and we use that internally. We don't use that with clients. But for me, I actually hate email. I mean, at some point soon, I'll, I will never use email again. I mean, that team will be taking care of that for me. Thankfully, I don't do that much of it these days, but I didn't want team communicating with email because it's like, Ugh, and it will get, everything gets lost. So, you know, we've built out Slack. That's definitely a tool that I cannot imagine not using anymore because I love the quickness, right? And the, the, the responsiveness there as well. And another one that I really love, again, probably been about four years that I've been using is Voxer. So Voxer is, again, for people listening in, like a, you know, almost instant messaging, like almost walkie-talkie-ish type app. I prefer to use voice and speak than write. It's like one of the reasons I don't like email. So Voxer can be something if I'm on the road and I want to send teams something, hey, like we need to watch out for this or I need this done. Equally so, Voxer is something I'll use with clients if they don't need to get on the calendar, but they've got a quick question that's happening. I love that quick like responsiveness and that's been a real game changer for us to be able to use that with clients as well nice nice so i mean with your personality i mean your energy level is always seems to be like on ten thousand. you bring a lot of ball of fire to the table so i mean you're gonna have to kind of have like the right clientele to kind of filter that through right so yep. who's your ideal avatar like who is the ideal person like what's her name or his name what are their traits that that you want to work with yeah absolutely it's a great question um so primarily we do work with women service-based entrepreneurs, right? So again, you know, we've got, you know, we've got Kelly's that are, you know, because Kelly has been a long-term client of ours. She's a real, she's a real client. We absolutely love working with her. She came to us uh, as a new, relatively new attorney wanting to set up her law firm, probably doing about 140,000 in annual revenue when she came to us. Um, we've helped her. We've been part of, like, we're never the only people, right? It's always a, a whole team of people helping her to take that business, that law firm over a million dollars. And she's also growing another business on the side. So 
a lot of what we talk about with, say, like Kelly, she's ambitious as well. We want to work with go-getting women, right, that want more for themselves. They want to, you know, more for themselves, more for their families and more for their loved ones. A lot of the women that we work with are, you know, professional services and or B2B service providers. So that does mean law firms, financial services, outsource CFOs, outsource COOs, marketeers, branding, high-level consultants, mm-hmm. um, you know, high-level coaches. But we don't work with, we don't work with, rarely work with startups. So for us, we do our best work when our business owners are already over a minimum six figures. They've, they've, they've proven that they've, they've got something. Um, typically they're tapped out with time at that point and it's them and possibly an assistant or half an assistant. And that's where we can really help them streamline, look at their offers, look at, you know, who their ideal clients are that they're going to do their best work with, look at their pricing strategies and kind of throw rocket fuel, frankly, on their business. So we've got one, one, you know, program where it's all about rapid revenue growth and the promise is 30 to 100K in 100 days or less. And it's a, you know, it's a proven system. It's all tracked. We've got a massive success, you know, record with that. So that program requires somebody that wants to achieve that, right? It's like they've, they've got to want that. If they, if there's a people that are like, no, I'm happy. I've got a lifestyle business. I just need another couple of clients here and there. Not a fit. Um, and I would say the other thing is as well, which is, in fact, I was just thinking about this recently. So it's actually a really good question because I will say to our own clients, always be dialing back in, right? That ideal avatar, who it is. It's always evolving. And we love working with people that want to grow a business, not a practice, right? It's not a practice. It's not a freelancer. It's not the solopreneur gig. A lot of people talk about freedom, but they're solopreneurs. And it's like, no, you've actually probably confused flexibility with freedom because as a solopreneur, you're never going to be free. I mean, you know, you've really got more flexibility. So what we love, who we love working with is the business owners that really are looking to create a massive contribution, more freedom, more impact. And as I say, they they love the idea of leading and growing a business. That is our absolute sweet spot. Wow. So, I mean, with that, right? So we're dialing in. We're communicating with Kelly. Kelly is listening to this episode right now. Kelly is an entrepreneur. She has a business. Maybe she's peaking somewhere around six figures and she's hitting her first hurdle. What words of wisdom would you give her insight to help her get over that hump and push forward? Yeah, get help. Honestly, uh, you know, it really is get help because here's the thing. I mean, again, I don't know what that hurdle is, right? I've no idea if it's a mindset hurdle, if it's something strategic, you know, is it related to clients, pricing, sales? I have no idea, right? But here's the thing. She probably doesn't know exactly what that hurdle is either. And that's something I have found an awful lot is that business owners, entrepreneurs, are not so adept at actually being able to really um, pinpoint what they should be working on next in order to get the business to the next level. I work with thousands of people at this point, and you'd be amazed when I say, what do you think, you know, often ask them, curious, what do you think you should be working on next? I'm amazed at how often it's the very thing that is not going to get them ahead. Mm. So that's what I say about getting help. Um, 
when we're inside, it's like we're inside the glass jar, we can't read the label on the outside. And that's that getting help, mentorship, coaching. Obviously, I run a coaching academy. I'm a massive proponent of that because then we can dig in, really find out what it is. And getting help and the right help gets you there so much quicker. That's why we're able to get really good results and quickly for our clients. If they were doing it on their own, they all admit it would take them, you know, we cover in 100 days what it would take them a year and more to achieve. Wow. So, I mean, with that, right, so we're still communicating to, to this ideal avatar. She or he may be listening right now. How could they find you? Like, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, thank you for asking. So, again, few, a few resources. My main home website is businessgrowthacademy.com. You can go there. Um, you'll see on that site, you can actually download. It says, you know, if you're ready to grow your business or whatever, start here, click there. It's actually going to take you to that free book that I spoke about. So that's the million dollar question, which you can also find at the million dollar question.com. Um, I also have a Facebook group. Um, again, it's small right now, intimate and we're, you know, and growing, but that's called the million dollar group. That's a great place to actually be more up close and personal, free resources, right? And find out more about how we can help. And one of the things we always say, which I, I think every business owner, you know, really should have this approach is we're out to help people and we are not in the business of helping the wrong people or pretending that we can help with, you know, problems that are just not in our expertise. So we are always willing to get on the phone with people, find out more about their situation, learn more about their goals. And if we can help them, we're going to show them how we do that and, you know, make an offer to work with us. And frankly, if we can't, I've got loads of resources, connections that we can also point, you know, in the other way. And I think that's a, I think every business owner needs to operate like that. We've, we know the people that we can help and how we can help them in our way. And if we can't, then we want to give them some other resources. Very nice. Very nice. So i got a bonus question for you. I'm very intrigued to hear what your answer is going to be. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Oh, can I have two? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for Okay, it. okay. So um, if I could have 24 hours, I have to say this one without, without crying and welling up with tears. If I could have 24 hours with my grandmother mm -hmm. who passed away when I first moved to Switzerland, that would just be magical. I would love to sit down. I'd love to tell her everything that I'm doing, the kids, the business, what life has been like in the last 30 years. So that would be on the personal side. She was just an incredible woman. On the, the very first name that popped into my head was on the kind of business side would be Richard Branson. Mm. So. I, yeah, just, uh, and it's actually, it's, you know, it's on my list anyway that, you know, it's on my list of one day I'm going to get down to Necker Island and actually go and hang out with him. But hey, if you want to offer me 24 hours with Richard Branson to, like being his wisdom, his energy. I have a dream um, of, I would love to play. He's a great tennis player, way better than I am. But I have a dream of playing tennis with Richard Branson on Necker Island as well. So there we go. And we could talk business and life. That would be really amazing. I think you could take him. I think, I think you could definitely take him. You get on the court. Um, I can see you take it. There you go. Perhaps I need to practice and have a few more, get a few more lessons in, right? And actually make that goal happen. 
Nice, nice. So I got one last bonus question for you. And I think this one's going to be really interesting as well, right? What is your most significant achievement to date outside of family and, you know, your inner circle? What is your largest and best achievement? Outside of family? Yep. Gosh. I think it's, it's, it's always an interesting one because I think once we've, we've achieved certain things, uh, you know, we can all dumb them down. Um, I do believe, though, that actually coming to the States, you know, closing down everything in Europe when I was doing well, right? It's not that, you know, things were, things were going well. Um, everybody thought I was actually crazy to do that. Selling, I sold, a, you know, a house at a time when people said this is a crazy thing to do. And then actually coming to the States, it's a long way from Switzerland to Scottsdale, Arizona. I knew nobody. I mean, at, this was complete blank canvas. And I actually came as a single mom because my husband stayed behind for almost two years to finish out his career in the UN. Um, and yeah, when I look back on that, I mean, it, I made the decision. I, it was supposed to be a three-year plan. I sped things up. I actually, by the time of making the decision, getting my husband on board for that and landing in Phoenix, it was 11 months. Mm. So it was pretty rapid. There was an awful lot that happened in that time. And then I came here, as I say, now single, single mumming it for two years with uh, kids were less than just 16 and 11 back then. Um, and then I had a business to get off the ground with all of that going on. And I, you know, and that business was off the ground and I had clients coming in as a complete stranger and frankly never looked back. So I do see that as a, a big accomplishment that's led to so many other things. Very nice. So going into to closing, right, uh, especially since you're a fellow podcaster, I like to give my show to whoever I'm interviewing, give you the microphone, make the Boston case show your show for a question or two. So do you have any questions for me? The microphone on the floor is yours. Cal, always great. Yeah. So after all the questions that you've asked me, I am curious, you know, kind of like what's on your dream board um, as, as far as business is concerned, but that you probably haven't dared to share yet publicly. Well, for me, part of what I'm doing, obviously, I'm growing Boston Cajun to like a global platform. But part of that is more so for the legacy, which I've said before. But what I really haven't talked about is, is taking a section of that and making the nonprofit sector for age groups 13 to 17. I think like that's, that's well, 13 to 18 is like the the birth of where the real entrepreneurs should be starting, right? I don't think that you should have to graduate from high school and college before you start. You should be able mm -hmm. to understand these principles before you even step out into the workforce. So once you step into a company and you're an employee for a couple of years, you're learning by doing things, but you're taking that information and putting it with the information that you've learned on your entrepreneurial early journey, and then you become a boss as you grow up. So that's something that, that I'm definitely working on behind the scenes, and I would love for my legacy, once, once I'm dead and gone, to have that established. Mm, that's so good. And I do agree with you. I think there are some entrepreneurial traits and like getting kids involved, you know, earlier on is a really good thing. I know we've actually got a couple of schools here um, locally in Scottsdale where they have started to weave through some sort of entrepreneurial programs and they've actually been very successful. Again, I think that early age, as you said, 
we're not as filtered perhaps as we are when we're older. So kids are, kids are great, right? They're coming up with those creative, like crazy ideas, which is, you know, a lot of the breeding ground for, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, same question that you asked me though, as well, like what have been some of you, the books that have really influenced your journey? Like if you had to recommend one or two that have really been pivotal, what would they be? Um, so many books. I mean, I, I, you know, I created a book club because of this podcast. So I read a book per week at this point, at least a book per week. So I would say like right now, the ones that are fresh in my mind is the five second rule by Mel Robbins. Yeah. Just anytime you're, you're hit with a hurdle of just overcoming that hurdle, take those five seconds, breathe, count down, move past it. Uh, another one is Traffic Secrets by Russell Bronson. Again, if anybody is in a business, the first and foremost thing is about pulling in leads and converting and getting traffic. But the issue is nobody knows how to get leads. <laughs> so yeah. just having that understanding of funnels, even if you don't use ClickFunnel, understanding the principles behind the funnels itself could easily then you can kind of look at your business and be like, well, I have all these opportunities. How do I streamline these opportunities and make 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 it a story? for the user. Mm. Oh, here's my offer. Here's the upsell. Here's the downsell. Here's the cross sell. And here's the final thing. And then now you're part of my inner circle. Here's part of my group, but you're always moving them through funnels. So I would think those two books, obviously there's a million other books I, I could talk about, but I said just those two would be the, the primary two for right now. Yeah, they're great ones. Okay. Another quick question as well. Yeah. One that I often ask on my own podcast is what's the, the you know, the best hundred dollars you've recently spent and why? Wow, the best hundred dollars I've recently spent, and why? That's a that's an interesting question. I would say, I mean, we recently went to Vegas, so I think just spending like the hundred dollars, just sitting down in the casino with just me and my wife, just playing. Uh, I think we was playing like a digital um, poker and and blackjack because she she she's not a gambler. She didn't understand poker. She didn't understand blackjack. So we spent like you know a couple hundred bucks just playing these games, but just giving her the steps and then seeing her starting to be prosperous and understanding how to play poker and how to un understand how to play twenty one and the strategies behind them. I think that was like the closest hundred bucks and the best hundred bucks I spent in probably the last seventy two hours. There you go. Great answer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, I mean, I definitely appreciate your time. I think that it was a fast-paced episode. I think you dropped a lot of nuggets and a lot of insight to anyone that's listening. And, and, and obviously, growth is one of those things. Like when you're born, you're small, and you're growing to be bigger. It's the same philosophy whether you're a business, whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. So, harnessing these things that you've learned as an episode, I definitely want people to not just listen to them. I want you to take action on them. So, again, Vanessa, I definitely appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. 
Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.